Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Three Crosses podcast. My name is Buzz, and I'm joined by one of our longtime guests, Natalie Dean. And she and I are going to have a conversation around what our families each do to prepare for the coming of Christmas. I know you're going to love it. And to that end, to help us enjoy the coming of Christmas in this Advent season, our church has put out an Advent devotional that I encourage you to get a hold of, whether a print copy here at Church on Sunday or download the electronic one and partner with us as we read through the scriptures, see what Christmas means, and get some suggestions about how we can go out and practically do those things in our world and bring the light of the world, Jesus Christ, to our community around us. Advent is such a time that we can do that that's just ripe more than any other. So I hope you'll partner. May God bless you as you listen to Natalie, and may Jesus meet you this Christmas season. Natalie, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. How many times have you been on the podcast with me now? I was just trying to think. I think this is my fourth one. Wow. Yeah, right? That is great. Have we given you like a friends and family discount yet, or are we still charging you the full rate? Yeah, I feel like I should have free Cafe Four drinks. On you. Like for a lifetime? <laughs> I was like, one, two, maybe. But thank you so much for coming back. Uh, our former listeners or our lifetime listeners or however we want to think about them. I've probably heard from you, but why don't you give our new listeners just a quick window into you and your family, your time here at Three Crosses Church. Sure. Um, my husband, Luke, and I have been going to Three Crosses now for about seven years. And we have three kids. My oldest daughter is eight and in second grade. And then I have two four-and-a-half-year-old twins. That's right. I feel like the half year, do you give that up around about five or six? Or when do we stop with the halves? Because um, my four-year-old, he's very excited to be four-and-a-half also. You know, my oldest daughter. My six-year-old, daughter... he doesn't care. <laughs> I think the whole half year is a big deal, especially as my kids at least get older. Olivia's like, it's almost eight. Like that little bit just helps. So you're around Three Crosses. You've done the podcast with me, you know, seven years at Three Crosses, four podcasts, three kids. I don't know which of those you're the most proud of, but uh, (laughs) it's great to have you back. And so I've invited you to come on here in this Advent season and talk a little bit about one of our themes, which is getting off the hill and into our world around us here with the light of the world at this Christmas season. Our listeners may know that we've done the Advent devotional booklet. We kind of distributed that at the tree lighting on December 1. And so here on December 8, let's just jump in, Natalie, by talking a little bit about how you and your family like to celebrate holidays. Like, what's your favorite holiday to celebrate? Um, Christmas, even though I don't get excited about the Christmas music on right after Thanksgiving, <laughs> I really do enjoy the right. idea of Christmas. So let's let's break this down. All right. So I have a reputation earned question mark for being anti-holiday the holiday that i'm anti is halloween i don't like halloween so let's just get that out there but i really do like (laughs) christmas but i also feel like there's a proper way to celebrate christmas right okay so let's Mm -hmm. compare some notes so when do you start listening to christmas music probably like two days before realistically (laughs) two days before what two days before Uh, thanksgiving two days before june one two days (laughs) before christmas but if my husband is in the car he's 96.5 we're listening to christmas music right on thanksgiving excellent product placement so thanksgiving day (laughs) is when it comes out in your household if he's in charge and then when you're in charge totally different yeah no do you listen to music like in general or are you just not like a big music listener no i do in the car i like music so you like music but just not christmas Christmas music music. because by the time christmas comes around i'm over it like who wants to hear any of this away in the manger and (laughs) jingle bells man i don't want to offend our our listener base but away in the manger is is not the greatest christmas song that was ever written (laughs) touche what is some of your favorite christmas songs though i really like silent night 
Yeah. Is that because you're a parent and you're like this? I get this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can totally relate to Mary. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about Silent Night that really grabs you? I think it's just the sweetness of it all, the simplicity. I think that Christmas music can go over the top, can get really poppy. <laughs> okay, give us some example of some over the top poppy Christmas songs that oh you don't gosh, like. Oh my gosh, you're putting me on the spot. I know, I really am. We didn't discuss this beforehand. <laughs> no, we didn't. You're never coming back for a fifth episode. <laughs> no, this is not happening. I'm done. Ugh, I can't think of any. Okay, well, let me provide some examples <laughs> from my relentless catalog yes. of grudges. There's the song, uh, Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas Time with Paul McCartney. Can you sing it? No, I can't because <laughs> it's so bad. Every Christmas, it comes out and my college roommate, one of my best friends, Shibu, he, every time he hears the song or I hear the song, we call each other and just hold the phone up to the speaker. <laughs> and so I get a call from Shibu. I'm excited to hear from him. I haven't heard from him. Can't wait to pray for him, hear about his wife and his ministry and the really important things in life. And instead, I get Paul McCartney blaring in my ear. That's awesome. <laughs> It's kind of a nice tradition. And that's one thing I actually like about Christmas is that we have these traditions which have lasted for a long time and then kind of some new traditions that mm. you can make. But Christmas, I mean, really, we've been celebrating it as a faith family for 2,000 plus years. And so, you know, and so I kind of hear you talking about like Christmas music, it's overdone and it's old hat and there's the rhythms and they kind of like lose their zest in a sense. You know, like my prefer, my family this Advent season is that it wouldn't be old hat for us and that we can find Jesus in kind of a fresh and a new way, mm -hmm. right? And I kind of hear that's what you're saying behind the the music thing is you don't want it to be rhythm or cheesy or separate it from the focus on Christ. Like we love the holiday of right. Christmas, but we don't want to be overwhelmed with the, the rush and the relentlessness of the holiday. You know, so like your family, do you guys, what do you feel like is the hardest thing to manage about the holiday? I think really putting Jesus in the midst of it all. I think obviously our kids are inundated with our society of throwing gifts and wish lists and all of that for Christmas. And I think just that whole idea takes away from the meaning, even though we try to put that in the middle. Um, and so one of thing that our family does, it's actually something Luke's family does, is on Christmas Eve, when we all get together as a big family, we each go around and talk about what Christ has done in, in our lives. And I feel like when I started that, when I joined the family um, before we had kids, that was huge because you don't always get to interact with everybody in the family throughout the year, but you get to hear these little snippets of how God has worked through their lives and you get to be a part of it and you get to see how that person has been changed. And I think that that has just a really big impact on me personally, just to see how God has worked in our family. And then to know that you're in a room full of believers and they all share the same foundation. And um, it's just a really neat experience. And so I want my girls to be a part of that, to really understand what that means. Yeah, that's awesome. Is that something that they still do, that you guys still do with yeah, them? Yeah, yeah. Even though sometimes our family, it's smaller or bigger, depending on other obligations, we definitely try to make that a priority because I think it's important. Yeah. Is that... Something that the girls have been involved in, like your daughters or like the kids, yeah. or is that more of like the adult generation it's, type of a deal? Actually, the kids are involved too, but I don't think they fully, I think Olivia's at a good age where I think she could really grasp um, something that they do in school, which I think is really neat, is that they get to write out what has happened over their second grade year compared to their first grade year. And I think that's a good format starting now because she can understand like, okay, so what has happened last year? What's changed? What's going on that's different this year? And so I think for her, you know, she can start to grasp those ideas and apply them to her life spiritually instead of just in a school format. 
Okay. Yeah, that's cool. I wonder what she'll say. Like, what has the Lord done in her life? Like, I find my kids to be very introspective about those kinds of things. I think that's okay. good. Your wife plays, I'm sure, a pretty big part in helping them see that. She's pretty great. That's for sure. <laughs> she raises four boys, I have to say. She is amazing. <laughs> yeah. She she is. This is you're coming back for a fifth time. This is great. We need more of this. <laughs> but I think you're right that like intentionally remembering or intentionally involving is important because mm-hmm. the the inertia of the holiday isn't to slow down and pause and think and reflect. You yeah. know, even like the Christmas song like Silent Night, which is a peace and a quiet and a stillness and a sweetness. Like I don't feel like that's most people's default when we think about the Advent season. Right. You know, like here we are on December eight when this thing is gonna release and people are already thinking about how can I hit all of my holiday parties? I gotta go to the work party, you know, I've gotta find some babysitting and then we've gotta make sure we have family time. When are we gonna cut the Christmas tree? Are we going to break down and get an official tree? When are we going to trim the tree? You know, who's going to be in charge of the Christmas music radio? Where's the money for gifts coming from? Like, which side of the family are we going to let down by not going to their house on Christmas morning? It's real. Sorry, I got a little stressed thing about Christmas morning. (laughs) Obviously. And so you've got to push back against that tide. You know, I feel like that's so visible in the Christmas season that there's a cost to your Christmas holiday, in a sense, to make it intrinsically spiritual. Mm -hmm. Like, if we didn't have to have a higher meaning and all we had to do was fling gifts at our kids like that would be i mean still stressful for sure but in a sense not quite as stressful because we want to cut through these layers that our culture has laid on and if we're honest we lay on that obscure what advent is all about you know that's why i love that kind of our our devotional trying to cut through that and activate our faith in the midst of this christmas season like remember what Jesus is all about and what he came to do. And our devotional on the 8th today, it has a little meditation about looking back and seeing like what God has done for us and then realizing that we're still waiting on God to do some things. I think Christmas is such a good representative representative time for that. Like at Advent, as we anticipate Christmas, like we know that the holiday's coming, we know we're going to be celebrating, but we're not there yet. We're still kind of stuck in that tension. I remember you mentioning uh, to me about a sermon in October in our Walking with Jesus series that really had touched you, that Danny had talked about. Um, Peter had to look back at his life and see, like, am I really paying the price to follow Jesus? Mm -hmm. As he invited the rich young ruler to follow him, he said, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And Peter thought, man, this cost is so high. Who can be saved? And then Peter looked back at his life and he realized he had left everything. Like, there's a way to do it. There's a way to leave behind those things which entangle you and follow him as he's called. So that is a long soliloquy designed to get me to this really hard-hitting question, Natalie. So like when you look back kind of at your life, you know, if we're going to do like your second grader does and look back at your life this year, like what are some ways you've seen God move or like challenge you to pay a cost? Or like how would you say here at your end reflecting back, like how has God moved in your life in the last year? Um, I've mentioned before about how Luke had lost his job in the very first podcast interview that I did with you. Um that was really hard on our family. And since then, it's been, gosh, I think a little over a year now. Yeah, a little over a year. And just how God has really changed the format of our family. I mean, like I had said before on that other podcast that Luke was coming home late with his other job. He was getting home at 7.38. It was really stressful. Um, it was just a hard balance in our family structure. And just since then, I've seen just how our family dynamic, Luke has come home, like we have more time to spend with the kids. Um, his job allows him more flexibility, which is really amazing. And just how God has just really been so good in our marriage and um, 
when you have something like that happen to you, you can really see how God works and you can just know that um, God can take a big thing away like that and allow it to happen. And then your faith just grows tremendously. And then, you know, anything else that happens, you just know that God is in control and you really see that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. Like when you, in theory, trust God for everything. And then when you like actually practically have to trust God for everything, like there's that, that tangible experience factor that it gives to your faith that I think is really beautiful. Yeah, it is. And nobody would like pray, please take my husband's job away so that we can have this amazing faith journey. Well, I did. I, I oh, man. <laughs> so oh, man. Are you in... calling me a liar? Tell me more so, about that. <laughs> no, I mean, I did. I had been praying that God would change something in his job, but obviously not in the way that it was taken from him, but it needed to happen that way. I mean, he even admitted, he's like, I wouldn't have left that job had it not been them firing him the way that they did. And it was horrible. My heart broke from him. But on the flip side of that, God was just so good. And um, I think just seeing how God worked in my husband's life and just in mine too, because it really, it's scary not not knowing what was going to happen, but God totally provided because we trusted in him. Yeah, that's awesome. I think about that, like in the Christmas season, like it just does happen that this is a time where for so many families or individuals, financial pressure is the highest that it is all year. Work pressure is the highest that it is all year. You're trying to get everything in before January deadlines. And sometimes things don't go the way we want them to, like mm-hmm. it did for Luke. And it's really cool to hear that we can trust the Lord in the big and in the and in the small. Right, exactly. What would you say, like, if we asked the same question, like, of your girls, like, what would they say that the Lord has shown them in the in the last few years of their lives? Oh, I don't know if my four-year-olds <laughs> would have anything to add to that. They're four. Um, they got bunk beds. I think they could say, yes, life has changed. We've got big Who's girl on, beds. Do they fight about the top or do they no, want to be on the bottom? You know, they're pretty good. They had already figured the whole layout system. She's going to be on the top. She's going to be on the bottom. And so far it's worked, so... Has they, have they fallen out of the bunk bed yet? <laughs> once. And I think that was... <laughs> there That's pretty funny. Once. Yeah. We fell out of the bunk beds so many times. Like, I have all these memories. I think they make them different with better safety features yeah. now. I don't know if we're strapping ourselves in, but my sons have not fallen out of their bunk beds. Which is so. amazing because you have boys and I feel like that's a whole different scenario. I don't know. Maybe they're falling out and not telling me. Who can say? <laughs> <laughs> but what about like your second your, your second grader? She's looking back, Olivia, and trying to say, okay, how is my life impacted spiritually? Like, does she think like that at her age or? I don't know if she really understands. I think she understands now more than ever the realization of who God is and the importance of her actions, what she does impacts not just her, it impacts everybody else. Yeah. She's at that very like, not only is she sorry, but she is very, is she has a, she has a soft heart. And I can see that when she is disobedient specifically to Luke and I, um, that it hits her hard. It was just so interesting. Like she did I don't. I think she might have lied, and Luke had opened up the Bible and showed her the verse about honoring your parents, and she just broke down crying. It was just a very. It was like, okay, you got it, kid. But then, like, kind of a sorrowful moment, just because yeah. she's understanding the sin in her life and who God is in relation to that. That's that's a huge moment, and I feel that's a good foundation when you're starting at such a young age. I think that's why it's so important to teach your kids at a young age so that it keeps carrying on in their lives. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm glad that your daughter has a grace-filled family where she can learn about sin, but also grace and restoration, <laughs> which is really good. But I, like I get a little picture as you're talking about her realizing that what she does is not just between her and herself, but it, it spells out into her parents and her mm-hmm. sisters and her classmates and her church family. You know, And I think as Christians, we have to realize that as well, that our decisions are not just merely private transactions between us or us and God, but it, it spills out, right? Yeah. It spills out into your family and your parents and your kids yes. and hopefully the community all around us, you know? And so I love holidays as this reflective time that we can be intentional about some ways to do that. Do you guys have any special holiday traditions where you try to get out and do certain things to reflect that or things in the house or? Um, so a couple years ago, I bought an advent calendar, which I hadn't done before growing up. We always did little chocolate ones, Mm -hmm. but then as I've gotten older and I really was trying to implement more of the whole Christmas spirit, um, of just who Jesus is and why he came. Um, I bought this book and it opens up and a tree pops out and then there's these little ornaments, um, that have a number and it correlates with a little book and it, you the girls really got excited about it. I didn't really think that it would have such a big impact, but it was the whole idea of being able to open up the door and hang on an ornament and then actually hear the Bible verse. And even though I think the twins are still a little young to quite understand it, it's the fact that the oldest, my oldest daughter has a good understanding of like, oh, this is what's going on. Yeah. And Yeah. And I think even if they can't understand the actual teaching of those verses or make like the big theological connections, I think that they'll know that these holidays matter, that the scripture matters, that our time together as a family matters. Mm-hmm. And I think you can catch that even as a young, as a young child. Yeah, I do. I mean, I just with the twins going to preschool and having them sing like simple songs like Jesus is my friend and just, yeah, I don't know, just like silly little songs like that. I think it gives them a good foundation, even though they don't understand the full impact of it. It carries on and helps them just knowing from watching Olivia go to a Christian preschool and then carry that on through public school. Um, she still has that foundation and I can see the Holy Spirit working inside of her because of that. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I think it's really tough to trust that God is working in the lives of our kids, mm-hmm. like when they're out of our sight and purview. It's scary. It's even tough to <laughs> trust that the Lord is working in us <laughs> or yeah. in our city, I feel like. And I feel like Christmas is a time where we get to push back against that and realize that like Christ has come. Like mm. we don't have to be afraid like he's here. And so like, that is really, I know we were joking before about me being anti-holidays and anti-Christmas music, (laughs) but I like Christmas because (laughs) I need to remember. And like, since I have a low passion for like excitement in my life, you know, I'm just pretty easygoing, like pretty, never too high, never too low. And so holidays help me basically force joy into my (laughs) life and into my family. Yeah. Like how excited my four-year-old gets about gifts or giving gifts or doing caroling or going to church or going to the Christmas musicals. Like, I'm like, yes, like following Jesus should bring with it a lot of joy. Like I remember when I was a kid that my dad, he had like a jewelry store in the downtown area of our town where we grew up kind of suburban Kansas City, and he would rent like a Santa guy to come. And uh, he had this big sleigh, and he had reindeer, like reindeer in cages. Whoa. And then just invited people to come and, 
you know, sit on Santa's lap. And so I got on there and I was terrified of Santa. And he had these little, you know, those in individually wrapped candy cane deals, oh, like yeah. an inch long. Mm -hmm. And he was like sneaking it to me. He's like, don't tell your mom. And then I was like, I have to tell my mom. I'm like, you're a stranger. I can't take candy from a stranger. And now you want to put this wedge between my, <laughs> my mother and I with this candy. It's like, this candy is not worth it. And I think I threw it away. Oh my goodness. And I feel like that's why I am the way that I am about Christmas. No secrets. Uh, one of the things we're going to do with our boys this year is uh, we have the Three Crosses Christmas catalog. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but it's kind of mm -hmm. put out in conjunction with our missions partners and 360 okay. Serve. And so our partners have basically asked for um, or given us some opportunities to tell us what's important and what they would need in their life. And so you can kind of flip through the catalog and you can potentially buy some mosquito nets, right, for our partners in oh, Africa. Yeah. Or you can buy some uh, like livestock or goats or chickens or things for families who are more subsistence farmers in those parts of the world. Our Romanian partners this year are doing a, a literary contest where they're raising money to buy books for school wow. kids that they can read about uh, like what God can do in your life and then come back and write and imagine being a part of God's kingdom. It's really kind of a beautiful thing. And so we're going to get one of these catalogs and, and partner. And I think, I think we're going to make our kids, we're going to give our kids Christmas money and then make them <laughs> spend it on our missions partners as a way of kind of generating that generosity. Now, is that their only gift or is that just part of the gift? <laughs> <laughs> Did they pay you money to ask me that? <laughs> no, like my sister, she, uh, read this deal about like the wise men brought three gifts or three recorded gifts, right? And so mm -hmm. like she buys her kids three gifts. There's one thing which has some sort of spiritual meaning, one thing that you need, and then one thing which is for fun. So she might buy them mm -hmm. like a devotional book for the year, and then she might buy them like some clothes that they need, and then she'll buy them something that they love. And so we've adopted that with our kids as well. Because like times four or times three, like you have. It's it like gets a, a lot. And yeah. then my kids have grandparents and like they yeah. have hand-me-down toys from their family, and like it's they just true. don't really want for anything. And so it's tough to find a gift which brings that joy and that blessing. And mm. you know, like you're implying, like yeah. you have to have Christmas be fun, not just like right. me ripping money out of your bank account <laughs> and sending it to these partners, um, without making you feel like greedy or indulged. You know, and so like finding some ways to serve with our kids, yeah, like with uh, shoeboxes, shoebox drive, or um, partnerships that we have here with Cross Streets at three crosses. That's important to us as well. And so we're going to, we're going to do that. Don't, I don't think my sons listen to this podcast, but I think <laughs> what we're going to do, I don't even know if I should tell you this or not, but they're big Star Wars fans, but they've always been a little too young in our opinion to watch the movies like in the theater because oh, right. there's some of the imagery we just mm -hmm. are a little hesitant, but the rise of Skywalker comes out December 20. Here's another product placement that we should get some money for. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the last one of the anthology films. So I think we're going to give our older two like tickets to go with Tara and I to the movies and like get some popcorn oh, and like watch in the idea. theater and they have that kind of experience. And so hopefully a big memory for them. So I just heard about this podcast, or I didn't hear this about podcast? it. This podcast? No, sorry. <laughs> a different podcast that I happened to listen to. And they were talking about books and movies. It's two Christian women talking. But anyway, she was talking about, which I think is really neat. Um, instead of, she said, growing up, her and her family sat around the table talking about devotions and her dad. It was just a very regular thing that they did. She said, instead of that, she really loves movies and things like that. So when she takes her kids to the movies or they watch a movie together, she talks about her kid. She talks to her kids about what does this preach to you, whether good or bad. And so yeah. you were talking about the Star Wars movies, and I think that what a great opportunity. Even though it may not be a spiritual Christian movie, it's like what is this teaching you? I think it gets kids to start thinking. And I yeah, it really does. We talked to our kids about that at first when they 
we, they first started playing video games and they have like some little apps on my iPad that they can play. And they always want to play longer than we allow them to. Right. And so Tara taught them that the app developers are like geniuses at, as she put it, this perhaps is unkind to the app developer, but maybe not, at tricking you into wanting mm. to play this app more than you should. Yeah. Right? And it's not good for you. So you have to see through this trick. And that's kind of what you're saying about like a filmmaker is trying to teach you something. Yeah. What are they trying to teach you? Right. And then even at Christmas time, like our culture tries to teach you something, right? Whether that's about the materialism of Christmas or mm-hmm. even like let's cut through the materialism and talk about the true meaning of Christmas, which right. is some sort of like generic piece potentially or for us Christians, right? That Christ has come in the flesh. Like this is what we celebrate. And so I think that it's a really good point that maybe we can encourage our families, our listeners here at Christmas time to think about like what does Christmas teach us? Like what does our culture teach us? And right. then how can and should we act? In light of that, mm-hmm. you know, and so I think the whole point of our Advent, uh, whether it's our Sunday series or this podcast or our Advent booklet, is to encourage you to find something that you can do in response to the hope that Christ has put in your heart. Like, don't right. let Christmas be something which just is in your head or just is at your mom's house, but really get out there and be the presence of Christ and bring that light of the world into our community. All right, now I've really enjoyed our conversation. You know, talking about both the fun that we have at Christmas time and some of the challenges and like retrospection that Christmas brings and some of the joy. So I hope you've had fun too. But just to ensure that you do actually have zero fun, I'm going to ask you some more questions now. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) All right. So this is either, these are going to be some fake Christmas trivia and or like just things you like (laughs) about Christmas, right? And then I'll grade you on how well your Christmas taste is. Okay, so here we go. But this is just based on your own opinion. This is based on my own objective opinion. Yes, correct. So (laughs) what's your favorite Christmas movie? Oh, goodness. It's a Wonderful Life. That's a good movie. It is. Seven out of ten. I love it. What do you like about It's a Wonderful Life? I just really love the – well, I love old movies. And I love just having someone look back at their life and realizing the importance of who they are. I think ever since I watched that movie, it really makes me think about, one, am I having an impact on other people? lives and two, what kind of impact am I having? And, you know, I think that's really good to think about in all walks of your life as even as a Christian, because it's not just about you. It will never be just about you. And there are people around you all the time. And it was just amazing for, for me watching the movie, seeing how many people just really benefited from him, you know, and how he impacted the whole entire, entire town. You know, when I think about It's a Wonderful Life, is anytime I take cash out of the ATM and I think, <laughs> I hope there's still money in here. Spoiler alert, if you guys haven't seen the movie, it's only been out for 60 years, so you had a, a chance. <laughs> but that's good. My sons love the star. Gabriel watches that constantly. All right. Next question. What's your favorite Christmas treat? Like the like oh. the food stuff item, like a oh food or a goodness. beverage that you love at Christmas time. I have to think about that one. All right, while you're thinking, let me minute. rant about some holiday foods real quick because I feel like <laughs> if these holiday foods were actually good, we'd eat them year round. And so we don't. We just forget how bad they are and then we roll them out and pretend like they're holiday treats. Also, there is something fun about reserving food for a holiday so that you do get to anticipate and reflect. I think there's something about the gluttony of our culture that wants all of our favorite things all of the time, that we don't get that rhythmic season of kind of seed time and harvest and feasting and fasting and looking back. And so there's actually a lot of holiday foods that I really like. And I like that we reserve them for holidays. Hmm. Pumpkin spice is not really one of them, but I'm not a pumpkin pie eater and my husband doesn't like yeah, me we don't for really that like one. Pumpkin pie. 
But that's th- that's all Thanksgiving stuff. That's yeah, rear view. Sorry. All right, we're we're looking into Christmas now. It's December twenty third. You got the music on in the car, and you got to make some Christmas food. What are you making? Uh, what am I making? Pie. I'm making pie. But not pumpkin. Apple. So what's apple pie? Yes. Okay. So disclosure: I didn't like pie when I met Luke. I didn't know how to make pie, so because of Luke, I learned how to. <laughs> because he was like, you really should learn this, please? Or yes. because he likes to make it and showed you how? No, because he comes from family that makes amazing pie, and it was kind of like, well, I kind of need to live up to the grandma, <laughs> mom. There's a lot of different ways to make apple pie, so let's just ask you some questions. we got to get, get this down to the ground. <laughs> what sort of the crust, the top crust? This is a differentiator, I've noticed, in apple the lat- pies. Between the lattice so some, style? Yeah, so you do lattice style. You could do like the full crust style. Some I do people full. do like the crumble. Oh, full. full. It has to be full. It has full. to be well You're covered. looking at me with a look as like a crumble style. Like, get out <laughs> no, of here. No, <laughs> I have, but like that's not really a pie, I don't think. A pie is like a bottom and a top. Like that just needs to happen. Wow. <laughs> In my it. opinion. But I make my If you have any crust. feedback, podcast at threecrosses.org. You can tell Natalie <laughs> if she's right about pies or not. But I make mine from scratch, and not a lot of people do that. So, oh. yes, I okay. do. The butter, flour, the full deal. That's amazing. It how is. Many, how many tries did it take you to get that it, crust right? A couple, yeah. it's The butter has to be the right consistency. It has When you're rolling it out, that's a trick. Like when you take it out of the refrigerator and it's cooled, like it has to be the right room temperature to roll it out and it doesn't crumble when you put it over, you know, the top of the apples. Hmm. And then the apples themselves, like they can't be too squishy. They can't be too crunchy. Too squishy. This is no good. Yeah. You don't want mushy apple pie. It's just yeah, it's not I feel like happen. you've made a very strong case for a delicious apple pie. I might just have to make one for your family someday. Listen, I will not say no. <laughs> but uh, I really like these uh, Danish-style Christmas pastries. They're called Kringle. And you can buy them at Trader Joe's in Castro Valley. Or oh. at least you could last time. And the one with the cheese filling is highly recommended. The one with the cherry filling, I would say skip it. <laughs> no cherries. All right. Last series of questions. One great thing about the podcast, we have unlimited time. Our listeners have literally nothing better to do than talk about this Christmas stuff. So are you guys, describe to us your Christmas tree philosophy. This is important. <laughs> like real tree, fake tree? Real tree, fake tree. Where are you buying the tree? How do you trim the tree? Oh, wow. You know, this is full. This is, this is, this is this a is philosophy. Real. Yeah, this is, not a, <laughs> this is not a cheap and easy question. <laughs> well, fake trees are kind of expensive. I mean, I, I see, like I get why people buy fake trees, but there is something growing up about the smell of having a real tree, even though they're messy inside the house. Like I just love that Christmas. It's just when you open up the front door and you have that Christmas woodsy smell that just comes at you, I don't know. It's pretty important. Yeah. Where do you source your trees at? So <laughs> Luke did Home Depot, I think, for our first year. And I think maybe a couple years after. <laughs> so we're not hardcore. Like growing up, we did that. But there's just no time for that, at least <laughs> for us. Oh, I know. Fine. Did I put you to shame? No. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I bought my tree at Home Depot also last year because the year prior, we had gone with Tara's sister out to Apple Hill to like cut oh, your own fun. tree. Yeah. And it, I mean, in theory, yeah, a lot of fun. In practice, great, like sludging no. through with my four sons and ankle deep like water. <laughs> 
all the good trees have been cut down. Oh. These people make you believe that you need to buy like a subscription to their Christmas tree farm to be like <laughs> be able to be onto their property. It's like I need like one a year, man. Like I don't need to subscribe to this tree policy. I was very confused. And then I had to strap the things on top of the car. And that was the same year we did like the Christmas chaos. Uh, I don't know if you remember these promo videos for Three Crosses. No. And I was like this character who was like Christmas chaos is all around you. Kind of a play on like the Allstate uh, guy. I don't know if you've seen these commercials. And then there's one of those commercials where the Christmas tree falls off of the guy's car and into the street. And here I am, Christmas chaos, strapping down not only my tree and Tara's sister's tree and Tara's sister's friend's tree, like all onto the road. And then we got back on I-80 to come home and I was behind them. Like, oh my god! so then I, knowing my skills at tying things, changed lanes, you know, strategically. <laughs> so I'm not behind these. <laughs> so then the next year we went to Home Depot because, man, I don't know. No one knows, right? It's the same. How would they know whether you cut it from a farm or? It's a tree. I think they brand it like with like, you know, Michael Kors has like a little logo. It's like on the, <laughs> on bottom, the bottom of the tree. I don't know where yep. it is. What's your favorite? Last question. We really, maybe I'll come up with more. No promises. <laughs> What's your favorite Christmas tree ornament that you have? Oh, that's a good question. I honestly don't know if I have one. I probably got a lot from my mom and Luke got some from his mom. And I'm trying to remember. We have quite a few. I used to work at Hallmark. Oh, wow. (laughs) This is big news. Can I tell you that at the time you worked at Hallmark, I'm sure that my Hannon extended family kept you in business. So (laughs) Department 56. We're watching the movies. We're buying the cards. We're doing the ornaments. We're doing the whole thing. So just anything Hallmark, you love it? Uh, I wouldn't say anything Hallmark, but... (laughs) I, don't, I do love cards, though. I'm a card person. I'm, I get kind of offended when I don't get a card from my husband on my birthday. <laughs> I thought you were going to say when you don't get a Christmas card from me. And oh, I, was like, I think I did I think, get a Christmas card I think from you, did. you guys. Let me write yes. that down. I need to send those out. <laughs> my grandma, like she was a really big Hallmark fan. She passed away a couple years ago, and she was really close with us. And she every year, she had like a whole ledger, like this leather-bound book in her closet of all the gifts she has ever given to anybody so that wow. she can keep it straight and more importantly, keep it fair, right? Because she could not possibly spend on one grandchild a money amount she didn't spend on all That's of the amazing. grandkids. And to my grandma's benefit, there was only seven of us grandkids, which I think is kind of a lot, but compared to some grandparents, That's it's not that true. really that many. And so she bought us all like a Hallmark series ornament and she'd buy us every installment in the wow. series like forever. And then now that she's passed away, there's like actually money in her trust to keep the Hallmark ornaments going and so every year we open a gift from my grandpa which is really from my mom she does all of the buying and packing and it's my hallmark series ornament and then there's 50 bucks in there that has not kept pace with inflation right and then (laughs) the grandkids get 30 bucks that's how it is and i love it because it reminds me of her and like the consistency and faithfulness that she taught me Mm -hmm. i love it and then i have this little one that she gave me that has it's like Snoopy playing ice hockey, and then there's like Woodstock on the hockey puck, and wow. it does not matter what our Christmas tree is or how big it is. That is making it onto the tree. I was just gonna ask you, how many trees do you have? If you have all these ornaments, or do you only put up like half of them? We we rotate through, yeah. And then now that the kids are like making ornaments and getting ornaments, like yeah. But <laughs> I have like two crates of ornaments in my garage. Gosh. And they're all like mine from <laughs> my wow. many, many Christmases. And so I love going into the garage and pulling them out. And you remember like when you got it and who yeah. gave it to you, you know, and it just has that that nostalgic mm-hmm. feel, you know, and I love that tie that Christmas gives us, you know, looking back nostalgically 
in a way, like all the way back to the manger in the first century and seeing that God himself came into our world and we get to remember that each and every year. Mm -hmm. Like, that's really cool. So I appreciate you coming and talking to me about Christmas and life and what the Lord is teaching you and definitely whatever else weed I got us stuck in. I appreciate you dealing (laughs) with me. But I mean, you're a blessing to our family and to our church. And so I just thank you so much, Natalie, for being here. And we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good.